Hello and welcome to the Roman League Podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roman. Today's episode, will look back at the Week 7 win versus the Green Bay Packers. A team led by Heineke and the defense eked out a gutsy win to win their second in a row. The team is back on track, but needs to keep winning to have any hopes of a playoff season. Honestly, a long way to go before they can think about that. Previewed the Week 8 matchup versus the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts were 3-3-1 and just made an unexpected quarterback change. The team is looking for a spark to get a struggling offense going. Commanders have a good shot to get their third win in a row. A lot to get to, so let's get started. All right, looking back at the Packers game, obviously Taylor Heineke had a putrid first half. I don't think anyone could really say anything else. Um, started off one for seven, had the interception, the pick six. Um, another, at least one more near interception, the fumble six that, you know, was negated by a defensive holding, which was huge. Obviously, if that happened, this game probably wouldn't have ended the way it did. Um, and honestly, it was... It was a almost ticky-tack call. Really happy that they called it for Washington, but um, definitely could have, you know, been avoided. I'm seeing we definitely could have been something that they they let go. So either way, Heineke, um, you know, I think a lot of fans and a lot of people were may- oh maybe at Sam Howell time sooner rather than later because Heineke did not play well at all in the first half. Granted, he hadn't played you know all all year. This is week seven. Um, didn't get much practice reps in training camp and, you know, during the regular season just because the team was trying to get Carson Wentz up to speed and Scott Turner's offense coming to a new organization, a new team, new uh, new system. Um, so yeah, that, that definitely could have contributed to Heineke's slow start. You know, I, I think going forward, we sh- should not expect anything like he played in the first half, at least starting off. He should have knocked off that rust. He should be good to go. Granted, it's only one game, but this is the second year in a row where he's going to have you know, a sample size to show the team what he can do. Again, I'm not saying he, he is a backup quarterback in this league, but he can win you some games. Team absolutely rallies around him. They love him. You could see it on the sideline after he made those plays, the passes to Terry, um, in the locker room when Jonathan Allen embraced him, that picture on, I think, the commander's uh, social media websites. It looked like he, you know, he was longing for him and, you know, just pure love in that picture. So, um, you know, I think this team really, really respects Taylor, even with his shortcomings. He's a gamer. He's a baller. He's going to make plays. He's going to make plays that he's going to make mistakes trying to make plays. Um, but that just is to who Taylor Heineke is. Definitely inconsistent, like I said, you know, playing the first half of the week instead of the second half. Second half, obviously, a lot better. That pass to Terry McLaurin, probably the best throw he's, you know, had in his career so far. Um, hell of a throw. Terry, you know, had Jair Alexander beat by a step. And, you know, Taylor put it on the money. Couldn't hand it to him any better. Um, so that was a great play. The great, it was a great throw to Antonio Gibson, too, for the touchdown above the linebacker um, and gave enough time for Antonio to get his feet down. Um, so, you know, Taylor definitely has the capability to, you know, make some, some of those throws. He's not going to have the deep throw, you know, ability that Carson Wentz has. He never has, never will. Um, but he definitely could still, you know, make some plays for his team and move his offense methodically down the field, um, given his experience with Scott Turner and, and the way that Scott wants to run um, his offense. Um, so Taylor obviously is a good fit for him. They know each other going back six, seven years now. So there's some comfortability there and something that will, you know, probably proved to be better in the games these next couple weeks as it was um as compared to it was you know Carson's first six weeks so um, again Taylor played a lot better as I can have sometimes better be lucky than good based on that fumble six um but you know this is who the guy is going forward at least for the next three weeks as Carson's still on uh, good man for the next three weeks and who knows if if this team goes three and one you know somehow four no Taylor's staying in and not taking Carson out I think Carson's already going to miss that 70% play threshold missing these four games. So that's good for the team that they only have to go up a third-round pick instead of a second-round pick. Um, and they have no you know money really tied to him after this year. So Carson definitely could be cut and let go after the year. That's really trending the way it's going anyway. So you know this might be Heineke's job the rest of the year, especially if the team continues to win and you know somehow makes a you know wild-card push. Um, I love the balance in the run game. Robinson 
at 20 carries. Gibson had, I think, 15 touches between catches and receiving. Uh, excuse me, catches and rushes. Um, I'm glad to see they're getting Gibby the ball more. He deserves it. Um, I know the fumbling problem everyone knows about it becomes last year in the preseason this year. He hasn't had a fumble yet. Hopefully that continues. Um, Robinson's a thumper, a thudder, a guy that you want to get the ball to. Um, you give you three, four yards a pop and really punish the defense. But Gibson has the breakaway speed and ability to you know make a play anytime he touches the ball. So Gibson can't be discounted. If Gibson just holds on to the ball, and, you know, correct some of those vision issues that he has where he doesn't see the hole right away or hit it right away. He's a better running back. Gibson is more talented. Robinson's just a more experienced running back considering he played that position his whole career. Um, but they're a very good balance. They need to be, you know, getting a 50-50 timeshare, in my opinion, um, with Gibson having the chance to really, you know, break open a game. J.D. McKissick obviously not getting much playing time with those two getting more more reps, but you know, McKissick is still a really, really important part of this offense. Great in the past game. Um, and a guy that I really, you know, am happy is on this team. So I think he's, he's definitely going to play a role for this team going forward because he's too talented not to. O-line was okay for the most part. You know, he's been the same five group last couple of weeks with Ted Larson at center. City Charles, a right guard. Cornelius Luke at right tackle. And obviously Leno um, and Andrew Dormer on the left side. Normal was just okay again. Um, you know, he hopefully will get moved more than one way or the other. It looks like the rumor is the same cause going to come back as a guard, which I like because he has not played well at tackles at all this year. Um, but his athleticism that he had at Texas and, you know, just played the combine, he might be really good as a guard just because of his, you know, pulling ability. I think he would be really, you know, um, an asset to the Washington Commanders in that, in that role. Um, so maybe he comes in and replaces Sadiq Charles, a right guard. I would like to replace him with uh, Andrew Norwell, maybe put Sadiq Charles on the left side, to, you know, maybe keep Cosme on the right side, have some com- some comfortability, um, you know, already playing right tackle, maybe push him right guard, put Sadiq at left guard. That's, you know, what I would do because I think Sadiq's played pretty well at left guard. And Sadiq has a chance to be a starting player for you going forward. Norwell's more than likely going to be gone after this year. Um, so that that's just what I do. But let's see what happens when, you know, Cosme's able to come. He was active last week, but he didn't play. I think he was only going to really play in a um, emergency situation. So had a huge club on his hand. Um, you know, Terry's a monster. Moving on to, you know, receivers, you know, Terry won that team the game at the end of the game last week, came back for the ball and, you know, the, the comeback route where, you know, Taylor did not, Taylor just kind of threw it up. And, you know, I like Taylor giving Terry a shot there because Terry, you know, you give your best players a shot. And, you know, Terry made that play, came back for it. Um, I think him and Jair were tripping all game long. Terry usually doesn't talk, but he was getting Jair's face after that one after touchdown. So I think Jerry, Jair poked a bear. Jair is a very good cornerback one of the best in the league, but Terry's one of the best receivers in the league, and he doesn't really always have the chance to show it because of opportunities and coverage has rolled his way. But, you know, when he's given an opportunity, he's going to make a play. And I just think there's no way, you know, rhyme or reason why he's not getting 10 to 12 targets a game. There's no reason for it. He's your best player. You know, prove it. You know, show him the league, why you paid him the way you did. And he deserved every, you know, cent that he got for what he does on and off the field. Um, that touchdown from Taylor was a hell of a catch. Two, you know, first down conversions on that last drive. Um, made a nice play to cut up field and stay in bounds of that first first down on that last drive. And then obviously that third down conversion where I said, you know, he Jair had a better chance to make a play on the ball than Terry did. But Terry just wanted it more and came back for it made the play. Um, so, you know, Terry McLaurin is an absolute stud and needs to be getting the ball more. I say it every week in this podcast and I'm going to keep saying it until it actually happens. Curtis Sam made some nice plays, um, had a couple carries, a nice third down conversion where he had made a hell of a catch in a third 11 going up to get it. Um, you know, love to see that. Love that he's staying healthy. Um He's obviously someone that could take pressure off of Terry, um, and it's good to just see him out there. I know it's been a full week, you know, six, seven weeks now, but just, you know, happy that he's staying healthy, proving he's an asset to this offense. 
making plays um, from the slot outside and in the backfield as well. Uh, Amari Rodgers, Amani Rodgers stepped up, you know, with John Bates, Logan Thomas's and Cole Kern's injury, three catches, 29 yards, um, made a couple of nice, you know, chain movement catches and getting up field. Um, really, really nice find for this team to get him as an undrafted free agent. Um, someone that's probably going to be in the team for a couple years to come, especially even with his role in special teams. So, um, and for him to make some plays um, on offense for you as an undrafted rookie, you know, in the first half of the season is huge. And a guy that he looks comfortable out there is someone that even really isn't used to playing tight end. He's only been a tight end for you know, about a year coming from Ohio. So, um, another nice, you know, fine. You know, you got you got to add into this draft class, even though he was a, you know, undrafted free agent. D-line has been good again. They had been all year. Didn't get any sacks, but I thought they, you know, made Aaron uncomfortable for the most part. Has to mix some pressure. Um, you know, that has been the best part of this team, as it should, with all the capital they put into that unit on this team. So, um, you know, obviously I think Montez is going to start getting some more sacks here. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Um, even F.A. Obadis had a really nice, you know, first half of the year playing for um, Chase Young. And, and as James Williams gets two hills, well, it's great to see Chase Young more than likely come back to practice this week. Daddy's going to play against the Colts, but if he can play next week for the Vikings, even on a you know, 15, 20 play snap count, that'd be huge. I really, really hope you know Chase can be back to what he was a rookie year. I don't think he, I think he will be, might take a little bit, but just having his presence, his leadership, um, I think it's going to give the team a boost. You know, when you see your best player come back, it's just going to absolutely give you guys a jolt um, in the locker room. So I'm really, really excited to see Chase come back, um, hopefully next week against Minnesota. But, it, you know, it's it's been a long recovery. It was a very invasive knee surgery, and like I said, it might take a couple weeks for him to get back to where he was or even the rest of the season. And maybe he's not back to being Chase Young until next year, but um, it is going to be really, really nice to see him back on the field for the Commanders. I like the way Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis are playing, definitely improved the last couple weeks. I'm really happy the way John Jameis playing. Um, didn't play as much, so I thought it was a little weird because I think he has been playing better, but um, you know, Cole Holcomb made some plays as well. I just want to see Jamin make, reach his potential. He's all the talent in the world, and I think he can do it um, if he's getting coached up right and getting opportunities. Secondary-wise, Benjamin St. Juice is proving again why he's the best cornerback on this team right now. Kendall continues to struggle a little bit in coverage. St. Juice does not have the greatest ball skills. He's not going to make many interceptions or play on the ball, but he is the best cover guy on this team right now. Um, and that, that is something that you like to see from your second-year player, second-year, third-round pick. Um, and, yeah, again, I trust him in coverage more than anywhere right now at cornerback. So I might be saying more of an indictment on Kendall or William Jackson and whoever else is on the team now with Wild Goose at nickel. Um, and they just brought up Danny Johnson from the practice squad. But, again, still nice to see that you have a, you know, a nice player in your third-round pick from a year ago. Wild Goose was solid in the slot. Um, had that one holding call, which was a holding call. Still a little handy. But, you know, for guys who only been here, you know, five, six weeks coming after, um, coming to this team after uh, training camp cuts from the Jets. It's good to see him get an opportunity and see if he can, you know, be a staple of that nickel corner position for Washington. Cam Curl, you know, was good again. I really like Cam. Uh, I've always said that in this podcast. Um, I just love his versatility, the way he can play in the box, slot, Buffalo nickel outside. He can do it all. He can rush for you as well. I mean, he continues to just show why he's one of the best players in this team. Bob McCain is Bob McCain. He, he's an average player. He's going to make some plays for you. He's going to make some plays and make you scratch your head and want to put in guys like Derek Forrest and um, Percy uh, Butler. But, you know, uh, Forrest isn't a free safety, but for like Forrest, hopefully getting some more opportunities here going forward because he deserves to play. Showed really what he can do for this team over this you know, first five or six weeks. and could be an eventual starter for this team, especially if they have Cam Curl play more of the Buffalo nickel role. Um, I want to you know, say something about Joey Sly real quick. He's not been good this year for Washington. Anything he is 45 years, excuse me, 45 yards and over, he struggled. Um, it, it's not been talked about the last two weeks. They won, but the Bears game, he could have made an eight-point game, missed it, gave the Bears an opportunity to win the game at the end. Gets the Packers, missed another 46-yard. Could have gave the team the distance, didn't do it. Um, missed an extra point this year, I think at least one, if not two. Um, I know he's Ron's guy because he's a Carolina guy, but um, 
I think it's time to really start considering making at least adding a kicker to the practice squad. Sly is just not is not very consistent. He has a hell of a leg, but he's been inaccurate. That's going back to his tech days as well. Um, but I, mean, I think Brian Johnson's still available. The kicker that filled in for Sly last year when it's hurt. I'd love to bring him back. He was made the clutch kick against the Raiders last year um, to win the game for Washington um, in Vegas in an overtime game. So I just think Sly needs to be someone that needs to be his roster spot needs to be you know on, on the watch. I'm moving to the Colts game. You have the Colts defense, Quiddy Pay. Um, if he's healthy, he has three sacks. DeVorce Buckner is one of the best interior defense linemen in the league. He has three sacks. Grover Stewart is the other D tackle. Yannick Ngakwe, the offseason exhibition that they got from the Raiders for Rocky Sin, has three and a half sacks. Another good guy off the edge. They have two good edge rushers in Ngakwe and Pay. Bobby Okarike is a really good linebacker from Stanford. Um, Derek, excuse me, Shaq Leonard has really been hurt all year. If he's able to play, obviously it's going to help Indianapolis, but no tone if he will. Zier Franklin has been stepping in for, for him. He's had a good you know, year for them. Kenny Moore the second, Stephon Gilmore, their starting corners is a good duo there. Gilmore isn't what he used to be, but he's still a good corner. Brandon Faison comes in nickel situations. The former Las Vegas uh, Raider and you know, Hokie as well um, as, as Carter, a nice career as a undrafted free agent. Ronnie Thomas the second and Ronnie McLeod are their starting safeties. Um, McLeod's a, you know, Veteran the league come over from Philly's been week for seven, eight, nine years. So um, he provides some veteran, you know, support in that backfield, defensive backfield. They're top ten in pass defense, but bottom ten in run defense, giving up four point one four point one yards per rush. DeForest Buckner obviously is a problem. Um, he can I see him having some you know, common more havoc, just like Justin Simmons did against um, Simmons, Justin, Jeffrey Simmons did for the Titans against Washington a few weeks ago. Um, so that would be huge. And Gakwe, like I said, could be you know, give Cornelius Lucas and. Yeah, Charles Leno some pressure off the edge. And Okarike, again, is one of the most underrated linebackers, in my opinion. Gilmore and Moore, again, so good cornerback duo. But again, I'm going to go back for the team's success. They need to run the ball. Give Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick the ball. You can run against the Colts again. Bottom 10 in rush defense, 4.1 yards per rush. It's going to set up you know, play action. It's going to take the pressure off Taylor Heineke. That should be the game plan. They got to do like they did against the Packers. They ran the ball 30 plus times. Let's do it again against the Colts. See what happens. Try to get your third in a row. Definitely feed Terry McClure when you do throw the ball and Curtis Samuel. Because those are two of your best players, and you need to prove it when you know giving Terry an opportunity. Because every time he touches the ball, he wants to make a play. You can just tell there's some determination every time he catches the ball because he knows his opportunities are limited as of late. Hopefully, Jahan Dawson and Logan Thomas are back, and even Deami Brown. They they could need them, and they use them. Cam Sims started for them last week, but Cam didn't really get an opportunity to get any passes thrown his way. Um, but it would be nice to see Logan come back, especially if Cam, um, Cole Turner's out and John Bates are out. And Dotson, I'm not hopeful he'll play this week just because that hammy is tricky and he retweaked it last week. Maybe he's back in two weeks against the Vikings, or next week against the Vikings. Obviously, another you know recipe for success is Taylor Heineke to take care of the ball. Can't throw interceptions, can't fumble the ball. They do that. Obviously, it's going to have the Colts' momentum and you know a chance to win the game. Colts offense, you got Dennis Kelly. Quinn Nelson, one of the best cards in the league. Ryan Kelly, one of the best centers in the league. Matt Pryor, right guard. And Brady Smith, the right tackle. Um, Dennis Kelly is a journeyman left tackle that hopefully this Washington defense can, you know, um, victimize. Jonathan Taylor is one of the best running back in the league, but he's had a slow start this year, missing two games, 91 carries, 386 yards, good for a 4.2 yard per rush and a touchdown. Naeem Hines, one of the best, best pass-catching running backs in the league. Michael Pittman Jr. is having a nice second year, excuse me, third year. 44 catches, 475 yards and a touchdown. Alec Pierce is a nice rookie at a second. Out of Cincinnati, he's a second-round pick. 21 catches, 300 yards and a touchdown. Paris Campbell's having finally a nice little you know run for the Colts. He was the guy they picked in the second round the same year. They um, Terry McLaurin went in the draft. The Ohio State teammates, I'm sure the Colts would like to have a duo over there, but luckily Washington is very happy the Colts went up Paris Campbell. He has 29 catches, 239 yards, and two touchdowns, and they kind of have a 300 monster at tight end. Mo Ali Cox, a former VCU basketball player. Cal Grant and the rookie, he's leading them at tight end position with 17 catches, 165 yards. And then another rookie, tight end uh, Jelani Woods from Virginia, a huge target at 6'7". 
The big news, obviously, is Sam Ellinger is the new starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. He's definitely a run threat. He had 96 total touchdowns in Texas. He was one of those guys, I'm sure you know, a lot of fans listening to this podcast are like, oh, that guy, I feel like he's been in college for 18 years. That was, for me, Sam Ellinger in Texas, where he was there for um, since the Clinton administration. But either way, he's now the starting quarterback for the Colts. Um, he's he, Again, he's a run threat. He's going to be some, a lot of RPOs uh, for the Colts, something they can you know, really victimize Washington with, especially with John Taylor in the backfield. He had a nice preseason where he had four touchdowns and no interceptions. Um, definitely will probably provide a spot for this team. It's going to uplift them, give them some, probably some, you know, at least an edge in that first quarter, second quarter. That's why it's huge for Washington to get it off to a nice start to kind of squash that right away. Team needs to be disciplined against Ellinger because, again, they're going to probably run some RPOs. Ellinger has a pretty nice arm, but um, I don't expect him to throw for 300 yards. He's not really that threat right now. So, you know, they, they need Montez Sweat to make plays off the edge. D-line needs to contain JT. JT is the biggest reason. If, if Washington loses, JT is going to – John Taylor is going to be the reason. Michael Penn Jr. is having a really nice year, but, you know, hopefully St. Juice can hold him in check or Kendall. Um, but if they stop Taylor and Pittman, that's really, really going to give Washington a good chance to win. The secondary should be able to hang with them. I don't – I mean, Pierce is a nice target. Uh, highway speed guy at 6'3", ran a 4'4". And then Pittman Jr. is not the fastest guy, but another big target for um, Ellinger to look at. Uh, but I hope this defense can keep them in check because they're good targets, but, again, no one that – Michael Pittman Jr. is probably more of a really, really good two in this league as opposed to a number one wide receiver threat. Having said all that, maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid after two wins in a row, but I have Washington winning 24-17 and getting back to 500. Okay, moving on to fantasy. You have Gus Edwards, Baltimore running back. Definitely a nice pickup this week. He had 16 carries, 66 yards, and two touchdowns in his um, 2022 season debut last week. They have the Buccaneers on Thursday night. Then you have the Panthers running backs filling in after the Christian McCaffrey trade. Chuba Hubbard had nine carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Then Deontay Foreman had 15 carries, 118 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Hubbard had more uh, snaps until he got hurt. Foreman took over later, but both of those guys are quality as in fantasy. Seattle, you have uh, wide receiver Marquise Goodwin. He had four catches, 67 yards, and two touchdowns. Last week, they had the Giants this week. DK Metcalf probably will be out after that ankle injury, so he's someone to look at um, as he's going to start in DK's place. If you need a streaming option at quarterback, you have Daniel Jones. He's surprisingly been able to take over the ball, take care of the ball so far this year. Last week, he had 202 passing yards and a touchdown, and then 107 yards rushing and a touchdown. So he's going to give you some points from from his legs. That's obviously going to help you in fantasy purposes. They're at Seattle. Then lastly, you have tight end Evan Ingram, the former Giant. He said at least four catches and 40 yards in four straight games. Um, this is a London game, so they're playing at 930, and they're playing the Denver Broncos. But with that, that would include this Remind League episode. The Commanders will look to get their third straight win this week versus an underperforming Colts team. And win this week, we get them back to 500 and squarely back in that wild card race in the NFC. I'll be back next week looking back at the Colts game and previewing the Week 9 matchup versus the Minnesota Vikings. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram at NFLScout21. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Lennon, signing off. See you next time.